Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want a Spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. Hello and welcome back. I'm, I've missed you. I've missed normal life. I've missed getting my hair cut. And I just hope everyone who is listening is okay, that you are safe, that you're getting through this crazy year that is 2020. I am super happy to be back. And I just want to say a huge thank you to all of the people who are listening, who always send me messages of love, support and rage. It's just really lovely to know that you're out there. I'm so pumped about today's episode because it's been a super long time coming. We originally started this conversation a year ago, more than a year ago. So this is part two, but more on that in a sec, because we have to talk about free stuff. Who doesn't love free stuff? And I have an awesome free thing to give to people who might not have it. This is our free ebook, Everything You've Been Told About Weight Loss is Bullshit. And it's been written by me and awesome anti-diet dietitian Fiona Willer from Health Not Diets, who also has an awesome podcast called Unpacking Weight Science, which if you haven't heard about it, please go check it out because she is the ninja of weight science and she loves unpacking it. So go listen to her. But back to the free ebook. This is absolutely free. You can download it from untrapped.com.au or you can go to my Insta untrapped underscore au and get a copy there. In it, we're busting the top 10 myths that float around diet culture like uh, farts in an elevator. And we really bust those myths using robust science because diet culture is based on really, really shaky assertions about the link between weight and health. But it's often quite difficult to articulate or to bring into a conversation. This is why I think weight is weight loss is bullshit so look it's all there in the book in the booklet it's free it's stuffed to the brim uh full of science i recommend you give it to your friends your family your health providers particularly like people at bus stops it doesn't matter we need to get this information out there because so much of weight stigma is based upon really false understandings of of weight science so I encourage you to go and get that. And a shout out to the wonderful community at Untrapped, who, of course, we wouldn't be here without Untrapped because people who come and join Untrapped provide the resource that I use so I can do this podcast. What is Untrapped? Untrapped is an online anti-diet community that I created in conjunction with a whole stack of awesome, fierce anti-diet health professionals. It's a place where you can come to really learn how to push back against diet culture, how to reclaim body liberation, freedom, intuitive eating, all the good stuff. So you can find out more about the program at untrapped.com.au. But what I wanted to talk to you about is the power of community because this year particularly, 2020 has sucked as we know, but it's really brought untrapped together in a way that I 
did not think was possible. So when, normally when you buy like the Untrapped program, you get the material, the videos, all of the modules, and then a Q&A with me once a month. And when Corona hit earlier this year, I decided to run the Q&As weekly just to give people extra support and to come together as a community. And that has been the most powerful shift I've noticed this year. We've really bonded as a community. So I've decided to keep the Q&As going on a weekly basis, pretty much, you know, from now on. So Untrapped is, you know, I guess now, not just the online program with material that you get to go through at your own pace and keep forever, but also there's this community aspect and support group aspect, which is what it's really turning into. So it's a weekly support group. It's really awesome online materials and modules. It's a private Facebook group. It's the bee's knees, I have to say. So thank you, Untrapped. And if you want to find out more about it, go to untrapped.com.au. And if you love the All Fired Up podcast, I highly recommend that you go somewhere like um, Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review because apparently that keeps us visible, keeps us relevant, keeps the message going out to more and more people. And I just, I love reading the ratings and reviews. And I also love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch with me, share your experience, share your rage, share your suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear you so you can email me at louise at untrapped.com.au right oh my gosh nitty gritty time let's get on with the podcast for today my uh co-host is the wonderful mandy lee noble she's an anti-diet dietitian she's a bit of a regular here on all fired up i love her to bits she uh, operates out of brisbane and so currently our borders are shut off from each other but uh we're still in e-contact So Mandy Lee does a lot of wonderful clinical work as well as research in weight stigma. And on top of this, that she's just the world's fiercest uh, critical thinker. And she's done just some awesome stuff that you just wouldn't really know about. And one fun fact about Mandy Lee Noble is that she's single-handedly responsible for um, this celebrity chef here in Australia called Pete Evans who's, um, he was on MasterChef and he went a bit rogue and he went a bit paleo and then he went a bit kind of conspiracy theory and then just has wandered way off into woo land, which, you know, okay, fair enough, no judgment there, except that he started selling um, really quite weird and wacky devices. One of them is called the Biocharger, which it kind of looks like a lava lamp, except that it costs 15 grand. And he claims that it can cure coronavirus. So, I mean, um, yeah, don't, I don't even know what to say about that. But Mandy Lee is almost single-handedly responsible for Paleo Pete getting fined because she videoed him talking about the biocharger and actually got a clip of him talking about how it can cure COVID-19, which was the evidence that the TGA needed in order to enforce a penalty against him. So Mandy Lee is responsible for this guy getting fined to the tune of 25K. So I just, I mean, adore Mandy Lee Noble because she's just fierce. She doesn't give up. And look, today's episode is actually part two. So part one happened way back in the mists of time in 2019 
when the world just sucked and wasn't just really dark. Okay, um, episode number 55 is called Inside the Obesity Collective. In that episode, Mandy Lee and I started off innocently enough just sort of laughing at a fact sheet uh, that we found on a group called Obesity Australia on their website. And it was just this, these crazy fact sheets full of old-fashioned diet tips. And we started the episode off laughing at those. But when we started researching into Obesity Australia, things got really dark and twisted really quickly. And we kind of uncovered this um, very deep insidious connection with various Australian obesity groups and big pharma. And so that's when things got quite serious quite quickly. Mandy Lee and I's rage grew as we uncovered more and more of um, these connections. And long story short, please go back and listen to the first episode before you listen to this episode. This episode is number two of what will actually end up being a four-part series. So this is why I've been missing in action for a long time. And I am also responsible for Mandy Lee being really buried deep in the rabbit hole for more than 12 months. So these series of episodes have been a really long time coming. We're very passionate about the subject matter that we're talking about today. And I'm very aware that this episode is dropping during Weight Stigma Awareness Week. And that's an important point because what seems to be happening now is um, groups that believe that people in larger bodies are fundamentally diseased, are co-opting the whole idea of weight stigma as a new marketing method to uh, sell their weight loss uh, drugs and their weight loss surgeries. And it's just so incredibly Machiavellian and dark. So look, This is a very complex topic. There's a lot in the conversation you're about to hear. I really commend Mandy Lee for um, coming with me on this uh, incredibly long journey. I do need to give content warning because the following episode is chock full of O words. There's no way around talking about the topic at hand without multiple uses of the word obesity, even though it's implicitly stigmatizing and we don't like it personally. We're using it in this episode because we really couldn't get around it. So um, if this is not your bag, please don't listen to it. But at the same time, the information in here is really important because uh, what we're hearing, what we're being fed, this narrative about body size being the biggest threat to humanity since COVID is really being brought to us by people who are going to profit from the very same message. So look, without further ado, I give you me and Mandy Lee Noble. Welcome to the show, Mandy. Oh, welcome. And thank you very much for having me back, Louise. I couldn't be more excited to be uh, down this very long-standing rabbit hole with someone so awesome. Oh, it has been quite some time. So (laughs) for listeners, it's been about a year and nearly two months since we, um, or possibly it will be two months by the time it goes to air, since we last were joined together to look at this topic. And it seems that in that time, the rage has remained the same. (laughs) (laughs) 
It hasn't gone down, has it? We we definitely, you know, we tried to get it off our chest last time, but it seems like it's just been simmering and, in fact, growing. So why don't you let me know what's firing you up at the moment? Well, I think it has remained the same, but since we last spoken, there have been some changes, some new um, things occur on the front of big pharmaceuticals and how they are trying to influence our conversations about weight and drive hysteria about weight to drive people into treatment for and also portray, you know, higher weight as being essentially a health issue in and of itself. So what has really spiked my frustrations is that at the start of this year, Nature, pretty big journal, pretty well known. Most people have heard of Nature before. Mm -hmm. Very Um, esteemed. Very esteemed. They have sort of Nature Medicine, which is where all their um, articles about medicine reside. And they provided a joint international statement for ending stigma of obesity. Now, we're going to have to once again provide content warnings and say that in this program, we will be using the O word, that we both really, really hate it. Because it's Um, stigmatising. It's stigmatising. The root of the word is just revolting and we totally um, don't want to use it. But because a lot of the organisations actually use that word to describe themselves and use it in their research, it's really hard for us to completely outline it. So, so yeah, the name of this or, or this release that they provided was a joint international consensus statement for the ending of stigma of the O word. And from even the, even the title, even the title is stigmatizing. The title is stigmatizing, but you know, we could say this that that possibly some people could go, oh, look, you know, people are starting to look in the right direction, they're starting to do the right thing, or perhaps they aren't, who knows? But it wasn't long while I was going through this joint consensus statement that I could see it for what it really was, which is yet another drive push people towards treatment um, merely for the fact that they're in a larger body and not at all for health reasons directly. So it was very easy to see what might be influencing this paper because when I searched for, say, something like Novo Nordisk, what a coincidence of interest i found novo nordis you know how many times novo nordis is mentioned in this paper in the conflicts of interest oh my god is it in double digits it's in double digits okay how many authors first of all were involved in this look it's just under 40 authors so there are a lot lot of authors there's a lot of authors and there are some australian authors and some i actually know some of the authors who are in this paper how many of them had disclosed Novo Nordisk or how many times was Novo Nordisk disclosed as a conflict of interest? I'm going to say 15. 20. 20. <sighs> 20. Wow. So 20 times. But it's Novo Nordisk isn't the only one because the major supporters of this paper were actually for surgical devices for bariatric surgery. So what oh, we can Okay, see that's, um, that's Ethicon. Yes. Okay, and they make the medical devices that people use in bariatric surgery. Yeah, so they were one of the major sponsors. There were some other major sponsors. But what we can see here is, once again, weight stigma, that word, stigma, which I research, something that I'm really passionate about reducing in healthcare professionals, is 
not being used truly to its definition, which is weight stigma is when you're treated poorly by someone just due to your weight. And we know that it's, it's epidemic. We know that it's happening all the time. We know that it's leading to poor health outcomes. We know that it's leading to disengagement from healthcare. But when these industry groups and treatment groups use that word, they're actually using it as a what they consider a barrier to people using their treatment and not mm-hmm. something that they should be reducing to improve people's lives. So for them, they just see dollar signs around it. Right. So using weight stigma as a marketing tool to sell drugs and surgery. Yeah, basically, um, wow. straight away. And and so that's really what's got me riled up and, and said, hey, wait a second, we've been talking quite a bit about what's happened since then, but I think we can put it together into another podcast now that we've mm-hmm. come out of the rabbit hole and sort of concisely put together what is going on here. I'm so excited about round two. Oh my God. But look, Mandy, I think before we get started today in the spirit of transparency, I think we need to um, just go through our conflicts of interest. So here's a comprehensive... I hope you've got a long time. Look, here it is. I've I've raked you over the coals and myself. Here's a comprehensive list of um, all of our pharmaceutical interests. So... That's, that's it. Pretty much comprehensive. I think I've covered them all off there. So basically, fuck all, right? So Nothing. I'm not getting paid. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, this, this is, uh, I don't, you know, we're, we're doing this for love, not money. And we bloody mean it, don't we? We are not doing this out of the vested interest of any big companies or corporations. We are not making a dime off this. We're not and doing it in the vested interests of ourselves. I think <laughs> no, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's definite that uh, this has had an impact on uh, mental health, particularly during the, the fantastic year of COVID. But this needs to be talked about, like this needs to be shouted from the rooftops because there's some really underhanded stuff and and it's just not okay. And if we don't start speaking up, the octopus of Novo Nordisk will will strangle any chance that we have of truly addressing weight stigma in our yeah. culture. And and this this whole idea of how the narrative is being shaped is, is nothing less than horrifying. Yeah, and just every time I hear one of these organizations use that word weight stigma in a sentence that basically is presuming that everyone at a larger weight is is unhealthy or is needing is treatment for disease, I just really arc up because mm. you know what basically the weight stigma is in the assumption uh-huh. yeah and that's the whole thing um, yeah. that's missing mm-hmm. but I think before we do our big dive into what we want to talk about which hopefully will string together what this means for for listeners I think we should have a little reflect on what happened after our last podcast because <laughs> quite a bit happened <laughs> I loved our last podcast and um, it definitely seemed that ripple effects occurred after the airing of the episode, which we like literally did not expect. Yeah. And even today, like um, I, I listened back through to it and I commented to you, I, I forgot how good it was. Like I forgot <laughs> how much we captured because it was a bit of a, just a quick mashup because literally as we 
described it, we sort of unpicked a little scab and found ourselves down the bottom of the rabbit hole just going, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, was exactly what happened. And listening back, I think we did a really good job of going, hey, this is going on. But it seems that we had some fans that were listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> we had some be- um, fans in in high places too because it does seem that uh, the, the powers that be at Obesity Australia were listening, which was indicated in several ways. Yeah, like either that or coincidence. Total, like, total weird coincidence. <laughs> so... Let's 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 not be assumptive. Let's let's not be assuming ourselves, and let's just talk about the number of coincidences that happened in say the two two weeks after we aired the podcast. So yeah. I think the first one is that the fact sheet disappeared. I'm so sad about that. Lovely fact sheets. Our fact sheets telling people that chips were lethal and that they should use diet coke to put off their hunger, or that they should um, enjoy some. Little Miss Muffet's favourite tipple, Curd and Way. I know, <laughs> I know. All of those magic weight loss tips from the 1920s have vanished. And it, the whole, actually, the whole Oldie Worldie Obesity Australia website has vanished. And yeah. now it's just this really cool, trendy obesity collective website. And I just really want to make it clear, listeners, that this hasn't happened in the 14 months since our last podcast. Mm-mm. This happened in the couple of days. Yeah, following our last podcast. It was really quite quick. Now, during the last podcast, I remember that I used the podcast to sort of issue a bit of a MIA, a missing in action (laughs) on the Weight Issues Network, which was Obesity Australia's consumer group that just never seemed to exist. Until? Until, boom, 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 it appeared magically, fully formed very soon after the podcast aired. Well, they, they, their Facebook group started the 22nd of August, so 20 days after the Facebook group. Quinky dink. Quinky dink, but, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah they, got, they got it together. When it first evolved, when it first appeared, I thought that's quite interesting. I wonder where they're getting the money from. Mm. So I sent them a little Facebook message, which was kind of fun, <laughs> and... I got this Facebook message back going, we kind of know who you are and we'll get Such our director. Such a celebrity. I know. We'll get our director to talk to you. And she did. She sent us, uh, we, we contacted her by email and she emailed us back with really pleasantly and, and she, she gave us a little offer, Louise. What was that? Well, she wanted to have a little coffee with us, which was really, you know, lovely. It was and... It was actually very serendipitous that I was headed to Sydney for work in the next fortnight. Mm-hmm. So I think she was quite surprised when I said, yeah, because um, you know, Tiffany is uh, Petrie, uh, Director of the Collective for Action on Obesity, and yourself, Louise, you both live in Sydney. Mm-hmm. I, however, lived in Brisbane, but I, I was headed down. So we were able to make our little lovely coffee date, which we were very much looking forward to. We had some questions. Yes. And then we got some emails. Now, the first email told us that Tiffany would not be coming alone, that she would no. be bringing some friends <laughs> to help her out, <laughs> which, which we were fine about. Fine. Yep, yep. Let's have fine. some friends. It's always fun with more people. Yeah, this is yeah. pre-COVID, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, pre-COVID, yeah. By, by the way, everyone. Um, and I hope you are all, all surviving well or well enough through COVID. 
So we sort of got told that there would be some additional people coming. And then I think immediately before we were set to meet, what happened then? We just got ghosted. She pulled out. Pulled out. Not only pulled out, but said she'd be too busy for months. Months. Meet with us. Mm. So, look, I'd still like to do it. Yeah. So, Mm. Tiffany, Mm. office still open. I still love coffee. Yeah. And the coffee shops are open, so let's do it. Like, we'll we'll just, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it might be a while before I can get on a plane. Well, I can do it. You can zoom in. I'll, I can zoom in, and mm-hmm. as soon as soon as the planes are opened, um, I'm sure that I'll be mm-hmm. headed down to do. Uh, I've got some work to do there, so that that'll be easy enough. So our fact sheets disappeared. We had some changes to the VC Australia website. We had formation of the win, so the mm-hmm. weight issues network, which I'm hoping mm-hmm. we're going to talk a bit more about in future. Um, and I will. I will. I just want to make just a comment about the logo. Oh. <laughs> not quite sure what's going on with that logo but it's it, let me describe it to every to listeners it's like a win is is in big letters in a white circle and then surrounding the circle is kind of like these figures of humans sort of stylized humans with none of them are large but they're all in a circle and they've got one hand up in the air and one hand I don't know so it's like if you imagine yourself doing like the old sort of what is um what's a disco dance like the Saturday what, night YMC- oh yeah 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 that's right yeah John Travolta style one one yeah, arm up yeah yeah John Travolta one arm up one arm on your waist mm. or maybe like you're about to do the yeah yeah you've got sort of that going so it's a very strange logo I think we should also talk about the types of articles that have been reposted on the Weight Issues Network Facebook group or Facebook page, which has a huge following. Um, I'll just check in. At the moment, there's, I don't know, 100 people following. It, okay. Mm-hmm. Which includes you and I, Louise. Does, yeah, we're following. <laughs> but the strange thing about the Weight Issues Network, which is really a place for people who are at larger weights and is committed to reducing um, weight stigma, is that quite a few of the articles are really quite stigmatising. They're really, really bad, like in terms of, you know, looking at it from the perspective of a weight-neutral haze human. Some of them, yeah, just the references. Yeah, you know, we've still got the war on childhood obesity and wording like that. And um, some of the articles themselves I've read through and really felt, wow, this is exactly the type of thing that is stigmatising. But having said all that, and these are COVID times, so Mm -hmm. different things are happening for different people, but there isn't too much action happening on there on that. Yeah, not a huge flurry of activity, but it's good that they've been located and everyone's safe. Yes. Uh, and, And, yeah, we'll return a bit later on in the episode to what is happening with the Wave Issues Network. Yeah, so for the first sort of, for the month, following our last podcast, while we basically took our breath and and, um, got our sanity back for a short amount of time, they were really quite busy. (laughs) And there was a couple of media articles that were um, posted up about it, which was quite flattering again. Well, they did do some, and and some of those um, 
journalists actually contacted me as well. So I was able to provide them with some information. I provided a little little table about the funding that Obesity Australia receives, which I saw duplicated in one of these publications, which was a bit of a giggle. It but, was. Um, yeah, so they did. And, and Louise, do you remember the upshot of those articles? Look, I... Yeah, I'm trying to get my head around that because the I think it was called the medical oh, I can't remember the Republic. Re, the, medical. the medical Republic, thank you. And the journal sort of that there was one podcast and there was one media article. And I guess I came away from reading the media article thinking I just wish they'd gotten it a bit more correct because if there's so much misinformation circulating around the understanding of weight stigma, I think, because what they what the journal's basically done is kind of said it's like the Weight Issues Network versus Hayes Australia and trying like battling it out to represent larger bodied Australians, which and I think the title of the article was framed like why is the war on obesity being fought by skinny people? <laughs> and it's like, oh please I, like I don't have the energy to even the title poses it as if Hayes Australia are part of the war on obesity. Yeah, and a total misconception of what Hayes Australia is, which is really actually a professional organisation with no industry funding that's just there to support people who want to provide uh, non-weight-centric care. They actually are not considering weight as a reason for treatment in and of itself and no, um, nor, nor yeah, is, so. is there any lobbying of the government to increase access to bariatric surgery <laughs> so completely different, yeah. different agendas and stuff so so there was, it was quite a bit of um you know response to the podcast and which we appreciate we mm. yeah which was really exciting mm. And then, of course, we've had a lot more happening, but with COVID and with other things, it's taken us a while to get back to this because, you know, you provided some really great podcasts about COVID and there was a lot of weight stigmatisation around that. So it did get sort of put on the side while things simmered away. Well, hasn't it been a dark and heavy year? It's been really hard, like, to carry that mental load of um, continuing to push back against diet culture when, like, you're flat out trying to survive yourself. But, yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think everyone has felt that. I've definitely felt mm, that. Mm, so I appreciate you coming on and crawling through the exhaustion to find the rage again. So let's dive in. Mandy, <laughs> what's with the title today? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, Louise, um, for for people at home, I'm a bit of a follower of politics and, and including that is American politics. And so I really wanted to call today's website, uh, today's episode, Obesity Australia, if you are listening. And hopefully some of our listeners will get the reference to something that Trump said that's really quite famous when he asked if Russia was listening. And it's kind of, you know, if the people that uh, you're trying to push back against, if they're listening and you're calling out to them from your own broadcast. And I really wanted today say today that Obesity Australia, if you are listening like you quite possibly were last time, what we'd really like you to do, if you're really serious about addressing weight stigma for people in larger bodies is the next three things that Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about. Now, last time, you know, you changed the optics of things, but you did listen a bit. You found the win, the weight issues network. You got rid of the fact sheets. Um, (laughs) 
you went to the media and addressed some of your funding issues. But what we really want to do is we really want to tell you what you need to do if you're really serious about addressing mm-hmm. these issues. So mm-hmm. Obesity Australia, if you're listening, these are for you. The next three things we'd like you to do. Number one, Obesity Australia, if you're listening to us today, um, we'd really love it if you could advocate for medical professionals to disclose industry funding when they are talking to the media or talking to their patients. So what we'd really like uh, Obesity Australia to do to help the people that they say they're fighting for is to help for those people to have really clear understanding about what is behind the advice they're receiving. So that when they're watching the news and they're hearing about messages from experts about people with larger weight, larger bodies, that they know what those experts, where they're getting their funding from. And the same with when they go to their doctor. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one. And um, we've got a bit of a good example for that. We have an excellent example of this from just the other night, right, on Channel 9 News. Yeah, so Channel 9 ran a program called Study Hope to Decrease Obesity Stigma was the name of it. And we're going to pop a link to that or Louise is going to pop a link mm-hmm. to it. And you'll be able to see that it was just a minute, two-minute mm-hmm. little short story. But it's on the news, right? So this is aired as factual Channel 9 news. This is mainstream. This is where we get our news from. Yeah, and it's a new, because we've seen lots of war and obesity type stories. We've seen all those, but this is a new take. And this is what we're talking about, this use of the word weight stigma. Mm. This is study hope to decrease obesity stigma. So it's telling us it's this is a new take. But when mm. you watch the story, it kind of is not new at all. For starters, the story itself is tremendously stigmatising. It has all the same language, how we're going to battle weight, we're going to battle obesity. So immediately framing it as this enemy, this foe, this dreaded thing. And it Um, even used the good old headless fatty imaging. So, So, yeah. Hello. The imaging was all the same. It was full of headless fatties, you know, carrying their fast food, of course, you know, because they took the pictures at lunchtime. Like they sat there somewhere at lunchtime. And outside a fast food restaurant, yeah. And, you know, two-thirds of Australia are at a larger weight. So it wouldn't take that long to find some larger bodies unsuccessfully Uh going to find themselves on the, that night, sands their head. Um, Oh, my God. So all those things. And then also the program just banged on about rates of overweight and obesity as though they were the rates of people who are unwell, as though everyone in that group mm-hmm. was diseased. And, and you know, uh, turning those percentages into numbers and speaking to them about those numbers and to those numbers as though they're representative of everyone who will have bad health in the future and that they're really scary and will be unmanageable. Mm-hmm. Mind you, news report, Louise, our life expectancy continues to increase through this. Okay. The first generation that are literally not going to outlive our kids or something. So stop putting facts in the story here, please, because but, the but other statistics are much more alarming. for 10 years and that's never happened. Well, it's going to, okay, at <laughs> okay. some point, according to Novo Nordis. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So, so I think, I mean, so far the use of the word weight stigma in this story has just been to distract us from the actual stigmatising nature of the story. And to position it as something new, but it's not new. It's, so it's once again, it's just about optics. And the story then mentions a study because it's about a study, hope to decrease obesity stigma. And we found the study. We did, uh, but that was, can I say how bloody hard that was? Because the study, there was only one um, actual news article written about this piece on the actual TV. And and it's really bloody hard to find the actual uh, study it's being referred to. And you know what? It's not even a new study. It was published in February last year. So we can't think of why this is news because it's technically old. Unless there's a study. Now, we've looked. We can't find any else. We've got the right study group. We've got the right statistics. So we're thinking we've got the right publication. But the study is not mentioned during the story. So we're just marrying up the results talked about in the study and the research group referred to or the Mm -hmm. name of the study group, which is action. I think it is action. But that's all we can tell. But given that our numbers match up with their numbers, it probably is the, the same study. And the study itself, it has nothing to do with stigma. It says... Is this, the title is Gaps to Bridge, Misalignment Between Perception, Reality and Actions in Obesity. And Gaps to Bridge, the, the gap is how to get people to, to treatment. Yeah. In, in English, yeah, in English, this study is about why aren't more fat people asking for help from their doctors? Yes. So mm. basically, that was the only questions that was asked in the study. Weight stigma um, was not discussed. Like, I don't think it even appears... Like There's nothing. And none of those researchers are weight stigma researchers. So no. it's not a weight stigma article. There's no weight stigma issues written, uh, spoken to. It. The, the study itself has nothing to do with it. But so we've got this example. And what we're trying to, to talk about with this example is we sort of got a bit off track because we're having a look at, number one, how bad it is. But there was an expert talking in this program, this little short news story as well. And we want to talk about conflicts of interest because she gave her expert opinion. And that opinion was that people should really be seeking treatment if they're in a larger body. This is Dr. Georgia Regas. Yeah, so she was titled as a, an obesity physician and a researcher. Yeah, so she yeah she basically spent the whole time talking about how all people need better access to so-called obesity treatment. <laughs> and she she yeah. was also using a quite a big assumption that everyone who's in a large body is requiring treatment, which is the mm-hmm. completely not true. And you know that's the stigmatizing part. But anyway, Dr. Regas, was she giving us an opinion out of, could there be anything that's influencing her opinion? Hmm. You know? Coincidence that maybe she maybe has some vested interest that isn't declared in this news piece. Now, when we read about Dr. Regas, we read about Dr. Regas through her papers that she has written, which means that we get to see where she has declared a conflict of interest. And mm-hmm. she's got quite a few of them to declare. Like, mm-hmm. let's be, you know, be straight up here. Um, she's got a nice little chunky paragraph whenever she does any research. But for the person at home listening to this news article, they wouldn't know that Dr. Regas received $43,000 over 
three years from a company that makes weight loss drugs that she mm. promotes the use of. That's Novo Nordisk. Hello again. Go on, Kitty. Go And mm. Novo Nordisk is not the only treatment industry that she has accepted fees from. No, she's so, also had um, payments from Inova and Apollo Endosurgery, who were formerly Allergan, and they sell medical devices for weight loss surgery. Yeah, yeah. So basically, to sum it up, we're not saying that receiving money from industry groups precludes Dr. Regus from providing an expert opinion, or even necessarily that it diminishes her opinion. Like she might be receiving these fees and still might be giving completely unbiased opinions. And they might be, you know, really evidence-based, great opinions. But what we really do say is that Dr. Regus should be declaring her conflict of interest to the people she speaks to on the media, to the general Mm -hmm. public, and to her patients just yeah. as she's required to do in research. And that we're going to ask Obesity Australia that if you're serious about mm. addressing weight stigma for Australians, the first thing you'll do is to advocate that whenever... Transparency. Mm. Transparency the whole way through. They have that in their principles, don't they? Transparency. Oh, yes. Yes, they do. I yeah. Think. And, uh, well, well, certainly... Um, Professor Simpson, who is the executive director, is a big on transparency. Yes. And I think that that is really basically the first fundamental thing that we would yeah. like Obesity Australia yeah. to do. We want to know who who is paying these people. And I, I want to point out too that when I did find the study, that <laughs> guess who completely funded that whole paper? <laughs> You're not going to believe it. <gasps> I will be shocked if you say anyone other than Novo Nordisk. It is Novo Nordisk. Novo Nordisk completely funded the entire paper. And this this funding is on top of separate payments made to each of the researchers who are co-authors on the paper. And Novo also state that they paid for these researchers' travel expenses to attend author meetings about this paper. So, I'd love to know where those author <laughs> meetings were. Like, I, I would just love to know where they were. Like, where do you have to go to the Maldives? Write, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's where you need yeah. to go. Yeah, very I'm, important. I'm just yeah. guessing. I could, I could be completely wrong. Like, the author's meeting could be anywhere. It could be Campbelltown for all I know. But <laughs> I don't think so. But, I mean, so here we go. We just... We haven't had to scratch very far down a rabbit hole whatsoever to find like what looks on the surface like everyday Channel 9 news thing with some new research that's ostensibly about weight stigma that turns out to be an advertisement for um, if you're big, you need to go to the doctor and, and purchase weight loss products. And this, what we don't see as the general public is that not just the researcher being interviewed on the news, but the paper she's talking about has been funded by Novo Nordisk, who have a vested interest in making Australians think that they have a disease and that they need these products. And what part of what is about weight stigma is about this thing of privilege. And because we know that privilege really crosses sections with things like stigma. Now, you and I, we have the privilege of education and we have the privilege of having access to research, which, and we have the privilege of, of being in uh, health professionals 
So when we interact with Dr. Regas on a professional level, she has to disclose her conflict of interest to us. When we Mm -hmm. read her research, she has to disclose her conflict of interest to us. What we're asking is for Obesity Australia to advocate that Dr. Regas also discloses her conflict of interest to mm. her patients and to the general public. And that's, and, that's and to the really I important. Don't, I don't think that's an unne- unreasonable uh, thing to ask in this climate. And we also know that Dr. Regas is a member of Obesity Australia and Professor Simpson, we know you're in charge. So let's get this change happening. Yeah, yeah. So our next one, what is the next thing we'd like Obesity Australia to do if they are listening? <laughs> Obesity Australia, if you are listening, please be transparent about industry-funded consumer groups. Yeah. So that would include? The WIN. (laughs) The WIN, the Weight Issues Network. So this, this is a giant rabbit hole for us because, as we've mentioned, the Weight Issues Network appeared as if by magic a couple of weeks after our last podcast and we were relieved to see that they were here. Since then, a website has popped up for the Weight Issues Network and they, they are very big on this transparency statement. They do say on the website that they have enjoyed some funding by Obesity Australia, ANZOS, and ANZMOS. So, uh, and we know that ANZOS and ANZMOS both have um, very strong ties back to Novo Nordisk and a host of other big pharmaceutical companies. So we have a consumer group of um, what they call patients, which has been funded by pharmaceutical companies who have this vested interest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how, I mean, transparent now, right? But how difficult has that been for us to unearth? Well, yeah, and, you know, you say that obese, uh, the WIN network, Weight Issues Network, they have six principles. One of them is transparent, transparent around funding, plans, conflict of interest, clear with our intentions and approach is what they say. And the other thing that they say is that they are going to equity and inclusion and oh, here we go, safe and empowering. And really what we're talking about right now is empowering. And they want people to feel both physically and psychologically safe and to provide information, support and a platform to have a voice. So what we're asking from them definitely aligns with what they say they're going to provide. Yeah. Yeah. But our first question to them was, have you received funding? Have we got a clear question? Well, we asked them, that was one of our coffee questions. Yeah, well, that sparked off the coffee inbound yeah. was me uh, asking them where they got yeah. their money from. And at first we were told it was donated. We weren't told who by. The website was donated. Anyway, a few months have passed. A pandemic has hit. The website has gone up. And, well, we actually emailed Professor Simpson and got an answer from him eventually that about $5,000 was donated to the win to start them off from uh, Obesity Australia. So that that was a hard one bit of transparency there. I've also emailed the WIN recently to ask them if they can disclose to us how much money they got from ANZOS and ANZMOS and sadly just haven't had a response from them, which I think is interesting. I think I think too when when we it's it's weird when we interact with them, we get emails back from Tiffany, who is not actually part of WIN. 
Yes, it is. But the thing about it is it's all very incestuous. So when we go to funding on the About Win page, what we find out is that the fundings come from Obesity Australia or the Obesity Collective. And the Obesity Collective and Obesity Australia are basically the same thing. So, But the other thing is the Weight Issues Network have also now set themselves up as a state as a separate charity too, which means that people can donate directly to them and um, get uh, possibly tax exemptions. But I'd have to look into that, whether there's tax exemptions provided by them. But there are some other issues that we have with transparency because Mm -hmm. a lot of what they claim is that they're getting sort of what they call pro bono support, which is, we've heard of that pro bono term used a lot in legal circles where people are basically providing work or, or support for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. So, so a lot of the pro bono stuff, it's coming from our PricewaterhouseCoopers. Friends, our friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah, PricewaterhouseCoopers um, seem to seem to pop up almost as often as Novo Nordisk. In fact, when there is a report that is talking about how dire obesity is for Australians' health, chances are PricewaterhouseCoopers have produced that report. They've produced um, a good three out of the four reports that have been released by Obesity Australia and then the Obesity Collective. Yeah, just to close the loop, just to remind our listeners that they have a long-term business relationship with Novo Nordisk. They've been Novo mm. Nordisk auditors for years. So, mm. and that there's, you know, there has been some swapping between those two organisations. So, I think an executive at Novo Nordisk used to be an executive at Pricewaterhouse. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. They've got an ongoing relationship. Very comfy. Very comfy. So. We've got the Wind Network. They've got a board, and the board is of people who have some have lived experience, and the board also has some clinician, a clinician in it, a researcher, and some other other people in them. Who we mainly hear from, I think, is Lynn Kepler. Uh, she's done some some media, I think, and that sort of thing. Yeah, but. They're also receiving some training and they also receive webinars that we've seen. And whereabouts are they coming from, Louise? Oh, this is this is a good one. Just just back to to the board, one of the board members of Wynn is actually a bariatric surgeon, right? Dr. Nick? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we think that some of the people in Wynn are patients of his. Well, well, some of them in their lived experience have, have actually provided testimonials about <laughs> treatment from that bariatric surgeon, which, okay. you know, it is a trifle unsettling. It is, yeah. And are there, what, they, what is missing from the board, though, are people who are not treatment-seeking. Correct, yeah. Everyone here defines themselves as a patient or someone living with a condition of ill health. And, uh, you know, that is a sad kind of thing, I guess, from from a weight mutual health professional angle to see people depicting themselves in the sick role and, you know, just have no other definition of how it is to live in a larger body or approach this is, yeah, but this is, this is what it is. This is when, I mean, by definition, calling it, a, you know, a patient group. Yeah. I think, and also, as soon as you say the O word is a disease or yes. 
yeah. uh, relapsing health condition <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is that they call it, you're positioning it as something that that requires treatment. So the Board of Win is there. They've been getting some webinars and getting some oh, training. Yes. Where is that coming from? Oh my God. Okay. So this is this is interesting stuff because a webinar that's on their website from Dr. Arya Sharma, who is a Canadian uh, bariatric physician, big wig in obesity inc. And we have a lot more to say about him in future episodes but so this there's this brand new what looks like a grassroots consumer group suddenly flying in a major high flyer in the obesity treatment world to visit win members and to to talk to them just sort of i guess alerted me a little about well who paid for that <laughs> like where did where did that come from because um you and i both have we work for with Hayes Australia, we certainly have not got anywhere near any kind of money to fly in any kind of speakers, let alone thinking of doing that just a couple of months in. And look, long story short, it's the Novo Nordisk credit card. And the way I found that out was it's actually quite tricky to find out because when you uh, click on the little webinar thing, it pops up and it looks like uh, this that Obesity Australia and the Obesity Collective have helped out and are presenting Dr. Arya Sharma to the WIN network. But it's not actually that straightforward because with a little digging, it turns out that there's another organisation who I'll talk about in a minute who flew Arya in and did some presentations for another group. And this was paid for directly by Novo Nordisk. So what we have is a situation with an apparently grassroots consumer group of people with lived experience being taught by one of Novo Nordisk's top media training people. And what Aria is really good at is helping people to talk about their stories. And what he's really excellent at is making sure people stay on track with the message that they're, the key messages that they're giving out. And I watched the webinar that, that he was giving and it, it, would, it was just um, pretty clear that he's framing the important key messages that these people need to get out is that obesity is a disease, that obesity stigma is basically a barrier to getting treatment, i.e. surgery, i.e. drugs. So I can't see the transparency there in the WIN website because I had to fight long and hard to, to find the trail. Yeah. So what we have is a consumer group that's claimed that they're transparent, but actually they're receiving training from people who are heavily funded by Novo Nordisk. Mm -hmm. um, and they're also being supported by groups that are supported by Novo Nordisk okay. and mm -hmm. other, uh, other pharmaceuticals and also barrage compliance manufacturers. And in their board, they've got a barrage surgeon and they've got patients or a patient of his. So it's really hard to see how this is a transparent consumer group that's free of influence from treatment mm -hmm. industries. And that's basically what our concern is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. And I think what would be really great and what we'd like Obesity Australia to do, if they're listening, is to encourage 
the win to actually be transparent and to display the fact that when they are having events where the source fundings come from, even if it's, you know, a few egg organisation separation, if the source funding has come from Nova and Nordisk to display that. And mm-hmm. also to be a lot more upfront about things like their backing that they're getting from other organisations that are funded mm-hmm. by pharma. So I think that's the, the next thing that we really would like. And then... I think I'd like to add to that too, that something that's coming through about what the maybe aim of the win is to, what they're encouraging people to do on their Facebook group and in their website is for people to share their stories. So to share their stories, and my question is what for? If people are being encouraged to share their stories so that those stories can be kind of packaged up and used to further the agenda, i.e. lobbying the government to increase services. I think that that is a misuse of the word stigma completely. It's potentially, if people have experienced weight stigma, it's incredibly difficult to talk about. It has a toll when you have to talk about how badly you've been treated by society. And when that story that lived experience then gets media trained and packaged so that you can continue talking to the media or to government groups about how much you need these interventions like it just feels really dark yeah and and true that they're not really asking people about weight stigma the the stories are actually about their treatment seeking and these are two really different things this is actually a great point because they're not they're not really interested in, okay, were you blocked from adopting a baby because of your weight or did you lose your job because of your size? They're not interested in those stories. The stories they're interested in, how my health was impacted by my weight and how surgery helped it. Yeah, yeah. So it is, they are really treatment-seeking stories that they're looking for. But There's one last thing, and as we go through, that we'd really like ABC Australia to advocate for if they're listening. And, of course, we're just presuming that they are and maybe they're not. But the other thing is that we would like them to be transparent about the industry funding that health professional groups get. Mm. So health professional groups are another way to lobby for change and to lobby governments and those sort of things. So it would be really good if we could see those entities also be transparent. And for that, Lou, you've got a really great example. Yeah, well, this goes back to me kind of like nosing around and trying to figure out how the hell Arya Sharma suddenly appeared. (laughs) Talking to, yeah, from Canada, talking to the little old wind. So what what I stumbled across was an organisation called NACOS, which is the National Association of Clinical Obesity Services. So, and and it has a website and everything. I looked through a a financial report, which has been written by Dr. Evan Atlantis, the president. So who are NACOS? I'm like, oh my God, there's another group. Another acronym. (laughs) Another acronym. I'm losing my mind. Have you um, ever heard of this group before? Never heard of NACOS. I thought I'd had all, all ANZOS, ANZMOS, oh God, everything. But no, NACOS never heard of it, but that's because it's quite new. It only dropped in September 2019. 
And I think okay. the wind dropped in August. So there, there's all kinds of new things dropping towards the end of last year. So I'm reading through this report thinking, well, who are they and how did they come to be? So what these are are like um, groups in hospitals who are, you know, health professionals who or units in hospitals who are offering, I guess, weight loss services. So how did it come about? How did the NACOS come about? Here's a quote from the report. Originally conceived by the Clinical Obesity Services in Public Hospitals Working Group, a collection of supportive and active committee members merged to form the NACOS. The NACOS is committed to improving access to health services and clinical care for patients with obesity. How did they get established? Well, after a formal application in December 2018, we received confirmation of an established grant from November oh. Audits. No. <laughs> Novo Nordisk was a very active supporter and collaborator during our first year, and this initial engagement proved to be a precursor to considerable additional grant funding to support a range of projects aligned with our vision and objectives. Well, how nice is that? So we have this example of a group of clinicians who are working together. They get this funding from Novo Nordisk. Novo Nordisk jump in with heaps of money to establish them. Then they get a report written by guess who? Oh, who wrote the report? You'll never guess. PricewaterhouseCoopers. PricewaterhouseCoopers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as we're going through these organisations, every time we're coming up with Novo mm -hmm. Nordisk, yeah. PricewaterhouseCoopers, yeah. sometimes the only, de the only deviation is when sometimes we see some other pharmaceutical companies or, or appliance mm -hmm. companies involved. Some other people who might benefit from the, the, um, the collection. But yes, yeah, so PricewaterhouseCoopers writes the report saying doom and gloom, obesity is a disease, we need better. Um, it's the same thing, like literally the same thing. Does it sound familiar? Yes. Pay Price Waterhouse Coopers, create a fancy report with all the right messaging, launch an event. Hi, Aria. <laughs> Hello. Um, it's direct evidence of Nova Nordis really kind of invading Australia and creating this network of obesity clinicians, throwing money at them to make it look like they're the groups coming up with the framework. But it's really just this Price Waterhouse Coopers agenda. Novo Nordisk and the big pharma device companies, all with this marionette kind of thing happening behind. And one more thing, is this the secretary and treasurer on NACOS? No, no idea. Dr. Nick Cormus, Do who is on the board of WIN. <laughs> so, wow, it must be like really reassuring for them when they you know have events and they get to meet each other because they already know each other already like this it's all happening it's um it's inc so, it's incredibly i mean yeah it's so transparent i mean i was really happy to see the nacos report because it's so transparent much more so than the you know the charles perkins or the obesity australia obesity collective stuff which is much more reserved so i have made a point of printing out the nacos report in case it vanishes so we've just got you know to sum up the three things that we really want obesity australia if you're listening you know <laughs> what we'd really love you to do was to advocate for three things and that's transparency around when medical 
professionals are receiving industry funding, that they mm -hmm. are transparent about that to the general public and to their patients, mm -hmm. just the same way that they have to be in research and in professional areas, that consumer groups that are industry funded are more transparent about that and more transparent about where they receive funding or, or in kind or training from. And that also professional health professional groups are really transparent mm. about where they're receiving their funding from. So that when we see these groups lobby government or push for their agendas, that they say, hey, but we're funded by mm. pharmaceutical companies and those sort of things. And that's really what we want Obesity Australia to do. Is there something that our listeners could possibly think about as they're moving through reading stuff from the media, engaging in healthcare? Yeah, I think we can. You know, we might look at all this stuff and think, bloody hell, we're just, you know, one person. What can we do? But we can actually do a lot. And I encourage listeners, if you are talking to anyone medical who is trying to sell you or advise you about, weight loss drugs or weight loss surgery to ask them to disclose if they have any payments from these places and how much, because you need to know if your health professional is being influenced potentially by industry funding. And also ask that health professional if they've received training from pharmaceuticals or, or bariatric surgery industries mm. you know has that been the source of their training because research shows that for the majority of health professionals who are providing or advising people to use these drugs or to have these surgeries their training about them has totally come from a pharmaceutical company yeah. or from that appliance company and that's something that I think that's really important to know and to discuss with your provider to ensure that your provider's got the full story of that and mm. um, asks about what are the long-term side effects and mm -hmm. those sort of things that's a really good question you know will this work long term what's going to happen to me so I hope for our listeners that this has been really helpful and also really insightful and it rounds out sort of what we saw when we were down the rabbit hole Louise, is this just happening in Australia? Because you said that Novo Nordisk is infiltrating Australia. So yeah. it leads me to wonder, like, we're only 25 million people or 26 million people. Yeah. Why is a big, huge pharmaceutical company so interested in Australia? Is it just happening here? You're not going to believe this, Mandy Lee, but this is happening globally. And this is going to be the subject of our next podcast because you are not going to believe the size of this octopus. Oh my goodness. And I can't wait to, because, you know, I think this is where our rage really grew, was when we went, hey, why are Novo Nordis so interested in the health of Australians and why are they infiltrating us so evasively mm -hmm. only to find out that possibly not just Australia not just Australia. So stay tuned for episode two of this. And also, I think that we need to give a little bit of an update about our favourite professor. Professor Simpson, Executive Director of Obesity Australia. Oh, yes. Do you remember in episode one when we were talking about how he had a grant from Novo Nordisk? I found yeah. out how much it was. 
So just to refresh everyone, what is the grant, what is the research that Novo Nordisk are funding for the executive director of Obesity Australia? Now, Obesity Australia say that weight stigma is really part of their agenda and it's very important for them. So is this research about weight stigma? No, Mandy, it's not. It's about cricket sperm. (laughs) I don't think it's exactly about cricket sperm. It's about spermatozoa. Yes. Very... foundational yes. uh stuff um, i'm not going to pretend to understand it but it's <laughs> yes it's, it couldn't have less to do with weight stigma it couldn't possibly and how much but, are Nova nordic's giving to yes. professor simpson for this research which really has nothing to do with weight stigma or mm, what yeah. obc australia claim to be their agenda yeah well 13 million dollars $13 million. Yeah. I, I want was... everybody to listen to that number again, $13 million. So the head of Obesity Australia, which pretends to be all about weight stigma, is being funded to the tune of $13 million by Novo Nordisk. So friends, if that doesn't question, when you see these people making comments on TV or in the media, I know that Professor Simpson has been on RN. I also know that if you go to the Australian government webpage on overweight and obesity, it will direct you to Obesity Australia, mm. which I find really alarming. Yeah. Um, if you're thinking that you're not getting biased advice, and who knows whether you are or not, but I mm. think what we need to ask is if people are really feeling they're providing unbiased advice, they'd be happy to provide their conflicts of interest. Absolutely. Yeah. So, And, and when we're referring or deferring, to the head of Obesity Australia, are we really? Or are we looking at a figurehead for something much larger and darker? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that we've we've wrapped it up. To be um, continued, right? To be continued because, yeah, I think once people realise, hey, wait a second, they'll really see this for what it is. Absolutely. So thank you, friends, for listening. And thank you, Mandy, for... Uh, my God, just a little bit more research from the last time we met. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's hard to put it all together because there's so much of it. Every, every, everywhere turn, we, we just... turn, we're drowning in Novo Nordisk. We, you know, so we like literally we shock ourselves with, you're kidding, not again, here it is. But um, yeah. yeah. Here we go. So Obesity Australia, if you're listening, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for what you've done so far. Please listen a bit further to us. Please understand what weight stigma is all about. To friends at home, um, stay safe with COVID Mm -hmm. and keep up to date. Definitely listen to uh, Louise's podcast about COVID if you're feeling a little bit fragile after some of the stuff that's been in the news. um, Mm, Yeah, although lots of of the data has been updated, like nothing we said in that uh, first podcast has really shifted, you know. The same messages apply. Yeah, it's really important, but it's really important. We're in the age of misinformation and it's very important to know where our information comes from. And that's the theme of today. Where is this information coming from? Who are we really hearing from? Yeah. Thank you so um, much, Mandy. You're such a legend. Oh, thank you very much. Are we going to sign off? We will sign off for now, but to be continued, as we said. Bye for now. Bye for now.
Thank you so much, Mandy Lee, again. My goodness, I hope everybody is okay after listening to that. I hope your rageometer is off as far as mine is. And there is a lot more to say on this topic. Like I said, uh, we're just scratching the surface. There is much, much more to the story. So please stay tuned. The next two episodes, a rollicking ride through the global horror of uh, Novo Nordisk and its great big octopus hold on all of us. So stay tuned. Keep on listening. Look, take care of yourself after that too because it's just mind-blowing. Thank you to Mandy Lee. I can't thank you enough. I, can, I just I can't stop raving about you. If you want to find out more about Mandy Lee, you can look at her, uh, follow her on Twitter because her Twitter, like she knows how to use it, unlike me, at Mandy Lee Noble. So Mandy with a Y. And you can also look at her website, Nourished Approach, uh, to find out more about her and all the work, awesome stuff that she's up to. Thank you, everyone. I know that's been a bit of a long episode and there's more to come and it's a difficult year. But look, get in contact because I love hearing your reactions to this. I love hearing your questions, your suggestions. Maybe you've got more info for us. Maybe you've heard some more stuff uh, on the down low and, you know, collecting more information about Novo Nordisk, about the Australian obesity organisations and about their connections with each other. I want to hear it. So louise at untrapped.com.au is my email address and please get in touch. And I really hope that today's episode has cleared up uh, any doubts that you might have had about the authenticity of groups like Obesity Australia and any related groups working on uh, raising obesity awareness and how much these organisations truly care about weight stigma. And also that you've got this degree of critical thinking. If you're here in Australia and uh, you're hearing all these apparently concerned organisations that simultaneously call you diseased and also want to cure the weight stigma surrounding your existence, actually this means buy my drugs, buy my surgery. Is that too <laughs> cynical? Oh, look, stay tuned. Next episode, Mandy Lee and I are getting apocalyptic level rage and I can't wait to give it to you. But in the meantime, stay safe, everybody, and wash your hands. And remember, trust no one, think critically, push back against diet culture, untrap from the crap. Yeah.